0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most of the Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies, this week we bring you Mr. Jay Bentley of Bad Religion. But before we get into that, this week also brings us a brand new sponsor of Denver Comic Con. That's right. Uh, Denver's premier comic book and media expo is going to take place May 31st through June 2nd at the Denver Convention Center in wonderful Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City. Uh, the main guest, the guest of honor for this fantastic event is none other than Stan Lee. You don't have to read comic books to know who the hell Stan Lee is. He's, of course, the create, one of the creators of Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Incredible Hulk, and so much more. He's pretty much the father of the modern comic book and, of course, the modern comic book movie because they're all ripped off of his uh, stuff. Uh, we've also got George Takei from... From, you know, Facebook and the internet World famous internet celebrity George Takei But, you know, some people don't even have the faintest idea That he was once Sulu on the Star Trek Original TV show and films Then we've also got Will Wheaton You know, he played Gordy in Stand By Me He also played uh, Wesley Crusher on Star Trek The Next Generation He also frequently guest stars on The Big Bang Theory Wonderful guy Then we've also got my mega huge celebrity crush this woman only takes place in my heart second to Karen Gillian from Doctor Who, but Miss Felicia Day, now this beautiful, beautiful, young, red-headed beast of a woman. She started out in uh, season seven of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, playing one of the potential slayers, and then she, uh, then she took her acting ability and internet skill and love of gaming and created the wonderful uh, web TV show. The Guild, which you can find on Netflix, and I highly recommend it. Uh, rumor has it they've already got a restraining order in place to keep me away from her, but uh, I got some plans, man. They, they can't... I I'll put on a Batman mask or something and just stalk her all weekend, but it's... Oh, man. Uh, then we've also got comic book creators such as Neil Adams, the guy who reinvented Batman before Frank Miller took all the credit for it. We've got Joe Kelly, Superman, writer to the extreme. Peter Bagg, creator of Hate, wonderful indie comic. Chris Ware, who... Uh, I uh, can't think uh, Acme. I can't think of the full name of the series off the top of my head. I should have it written down. He's also done a ton of New Yorker covers. We got Noah Van Skyver. Noah, of course, has been on the podcast before. He was on episode five where we talked about his new book, "The Hypo," an autobiographical comic of Abe Lincoln. And then we've got one of my comic book heroes. Mr. Matt Wagner. Matt Wagner is the creator of Grindel. He's written Batman. He's written Superman. He's written so many great comics. Um, he's one of the just Titans of the industry. As far as I'm concerned, he uh, did a wonderful little book called mage it was about a reincarnation of King Arthur. And I've actually got a mage tattoo on my uh, left arm here. So I'm really stoked to meet this man in person. And, uh, geek out on him so there's all that and so much more I mean they got Battlestar Galactica guys I think they're gonna have Walking Dead guys they've got so many people that haven't even announced yet buddies so head over to the Denver Comic Con right now denvercomiccon.com find out more tickets and more information like them on Facebook Uh, thank you guys for sponsoring us we're pretty excited to be working with them on this convention Um, we're gonna have some upcoming interviews with guests Coming to the Comic Con We're going to do some interviews At the Comic Con We're really excited Again that is May 31st Through June 2nd Now for this week's episode We got Jay Bentley He's the bass player Of Bad Religion Uh, This this episode was originally uh, Online at Mamp 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 Tongue twisters here friends Tongue twisters This interview was originally posted online as text only at antmagazine.com. Uh, Ant Magazine is sadly no longer with us. Um, they have closed down, shut up, shut up, shut, shut up, stop. Another tongue twister there. Um, So, Ant Magazine has gone the way of the dodo, but rising in its place is New Noise Magazine from Lisa Root, the main editor of Ant Magazine and a ton of other Amp Illumini. Uh, Issue one of New Noise comes out soon. I've got a piece in there that I'm really proud of with Ryan from Off Their Heads. Another article I'm really proud of with Tim Berry from Avail and, you know, the Revival Tour. Uh, So, anyway, so Ant Magazine pulled a plug. This episode was published on their website. It didn't get into print because they ceased before the new magazine the new issue could come out so um, I'm pretty bummed about that I don't think it kind of got the reach it deserved and I'm really happy about you know me and Jay's conversation and what happened so I thought we'd throw it up here as a podcast um is sadly i had put in a couple interview requests to interview jay and the bad religion boys when they hit denver at the Fillmore next week uh april 10th uh, but sadly the way these big huge shows work is it's a big huge production it's a big huge beast and even though when i talked to jay on the phone at the end of this interview he uh sounded really excited and really enthusiastic about sitting down and doing a podcast with me it doesn't look like it's going to happen uh the epitaph pr people have turned it down but you know Maybe we can make something work anyway, buddies. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to I'm gonna email and Twitter Jay personally and see what I can do. Um, but still, this interview was done on December 21st of 2020. Uh, this was the day after I spent an entire night at a Christmas party. Came home from that Christmas party pretty damn tipsy. Um, and then I sat with and drank more beer listening to the new Bad Religion album, True North, over and over and over again. I read every interview I could with Jay Bentley and I was really excited to interview him. Nine o'clock in the morning comes really early when you stay up to four drinking. I was still a little tipsy, so instead of drinking coffee, I decided the best route, the best way of uh, taking care of this was to keep drinking my delicious IPAs that I had in my fridge. I don't remember exactly what they were, but I drank those few delicious IPAs and got back to my loosey-goosey persona that is talking to you right now. And, and I know a lot of people are going to be... Dis- Disappointed that this interview is not with Greg Graffin or Brett Gurrowitz, but uh, after listening, I think you'll see why he, Jay does all the interviews. He's likable, he's excited, he's happy to do it, and he's just one hell of a fucking guy. Uh, True North is in the new Bad Religion album, it came out, I believe, in January. Uh, it's it's one hell of a damn great album. The band is in, uh, in the middle of a full U.S. tour right now with the Bronx and Polar Bear Club. I'm um, super excited to see these guys in Denver on. On April 10th at the Fillmore, and again, I'm bummed I won't be meeting Jay and the rest of the guys. But hey, that's life. We'll see what we can do. And still, I get, to, I get, I got to talk to one of my heroes, Jay. And you know, he brought it up. Me and him were talking about supper, the gray race, no control. We were talking to him about fatherhood and parenthood, and I guess that's the same thing. But still, it just blows my mind, and I'm so excited for this this experience that I got to do. Uh, a few people have asked me in the past about some advice about. Get, how to do interviews and how to make them better and whatnot uh, so we're going to take the text of this interview <coughs> excuse me i'm going to do a few pointers on my website um so we're going to take the kind of like pop-up video but only in text whatever and uh kind of give some pointers and insights into my wild and crazy mind and how i come up with some of the gonzo shit that i ask these bands so you can find that over at mostly harmless podcast.com it's going to be called the art of an interview with Jay Bentley, a bad religion, something along those lines. I haven't actually got it up there on the website yet, so uh, it'll be called the art of the interview. It'll either be inside this episode's webpage, or it'll be a individual webpage zone. I think we're going to go ahead and do an inter- individual webpage. Um, we're going to go ahead and get, it, get the show on the road. We're going to kick this song off with a weird little song off the new album. Uh, me and Jay talk about this song at length towards the end of the interview. And rather than put it at the end of the episode like I normally would, I want it to be still fresh in your mind when you're listening to us talk about it. Because it's a weird, bizarre, different song that just pops up off the album. Love it to death. Uh, again, great album. Great record. Uh, this song is called Dharma and the Bomb. It's off Bad Religion's True North. The album's out now on Epitaph Records, and they're touring the world right now in, in, in support of that record. So please visit com. Here, here we go with the interview. And again, com. May 31st through June 2nd. DimmerComicCon.com. All right, buddies. Let's roll.
1: hello hey this is jay yeah hey jay what's up man this is jay
2: from rant hey damian how are you feeling about that i was putting my daughter to sleep
1: no no problem <laughs> no problem man like i know i know you got a busy day ahead and you just had a kid so i'm not too worried about it so uh cool
2: thanks
1: yeah man how you doing
2: really good really
1: good cool uh i hear you have a lot of interviews to do today
2: i got a few yeah you know it's but you know it's it's
1: it's nice to be thought of, so. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, uh, I'll try, like, we, we uh, Jessica was like, make sure it's 20 minutes, so I'll try to make it quick. Um
2: well, we, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll fight
1: that a little bit, you know. Yeah, no worries. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, h- how do I sound? Do I sound Okay. Yeah, you sound fine. Cool, cool. I, you use, great. I, I use Skype over my uh, computer because I can just record it straight to the computer, and then later on when I'm typing right. it up, it's right there, so it's yeah. so much easier. I um, well, to love Skype. Yeah, I, I do. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so l- let's just get, uh, if you don't mind, do you want to get just straight into it? Yeah, sure. Cool, man. Um, so I, I got to be honest, like I'm 31 years old. The your band has been around since before i was even born which was which is my opening line but at the same time i've read like five different interviews that open up with that line talking to you specifically so but um <laughs> but i i, I got to say i'm a little freaked out because like uh, you were in in uh you Bad Religion and Descendants were like two of my uh biggest influences when i was a 15 16 year old kid of course playing and it was it was the skate videos and BMX videos which of course in like five different interviews i read <laughs> you talk about those so um, so i got i got to admit there's a plethora of stuff i'm a little overwhelmed and i'm a little freaked out to talk to you but what i'm curious is is like if you had to talk to somebody like if you had to do an interview who would you be freaked out to talk to Hmm. I, I, I can imagine it'd be some kind of like skateboarding legend because you probably know all the music dudes already.
2: Yeah, but I know all the skateboarding guys too. <laughs> I mean, that's, that was like, I, I kind of grew up with all those guys. I grew up with Jay Adams and Tony Alva and, you know, all those guys because they were, they would, I, I would receive a skater cross and, and that was kind of the beginning of all of that as far as, you know, as far as I can remember, uh, you know, skateboarding sort of had two separate lives. This This sort of, beginning um sort of logan Ersky kind of weird you know if, if people saw the boards we were riding they just go you guys are out of your mind <laughs> and then the second wave of like you know the, when when tony hawk came in and and then that was really when it exploded uh and got so much bigger than anybody ever thought but yeah not. i, I don't think skateboarding guys wouldn't freak me out I, I don't think anybody would freak me out. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> fair enough.
1: And, and, and I'm not like completely freaked out, but at the
2: same time, it's like, whoa,
1: dude. You know, it's like, oh no, you know, I.
2: You know, I um, okay, I know. I there's there's one person actually there is because Brett and I are both huge Elton John fans, <laughs> and uh, it, I know that's kind of weird. Um, and uh, and a few years ago, I had an opportunity to meet him, and I've always had this theory that like when you meet people that you you really like there's a potential that they'll they'll be dicks, and then you won't like their art anymore.
1: Right, that's happened to me
2: several so, times. Right, so I was like, uh, you know, I don't want to meet him. And so I just didn't. And then, and then like, a few months ago, I posted a picture of him with his arm around Elton John. I'm like, you're such a dick. I go, how are he? you? He's always so nice. He was still, I'm like, no! <laughs> who
1: Who have you met that's been a dick, and you've been like, fuck that dude? <laughs> Has there, I mean, you don't, uh, you don't actually have to say that because that, that could
2: get you in trouble. Yeah, I don't, nobody really, I mean, you know, I, I've, seen, I've seen people at their worst, but I think the thing is is that I already kind of, I understand why people get the way they, I don't like it, but I can, I can go, like, oh, I, you know, I, I understand why you're smashing shit up because you're frustrated and angry on a baby, but, you know, it doesn't make things cool. Right. But
1: at least I, you know, I can kind of put myself in their shoes and go, "All right, I get it." Right on, cool. Um, so, congrats on your newest child. Thank
2: you very much. Uh,
1: this is—is is this your third kid? Wikipedia says it's your it third. Is. So, but you never know. It
2: is my third. Right. So you've got a. I've got. Uh, I've got two older boys and and now a little daughter.
1: Um, so yeah, you've got what? Uh, it's twenty one and nineteen. Are your other kids?
2: Yeah. How how fucking twenty one and nineteen? How fucking twenty one, nineteen, and eight months old? <laughs> so you
1: just got them out of the house. How fucking scary is it to have a a, a brand new newborn sitting around?
2: It's kind of well, it's a, it's it's a girl, so it's it's like it, it it really is a different thing. I mean, you might think like a baby's a baby, but for some reason, there's a different thing about a girl. I think you know, boys are sort of rough and tumble, and you're like, yeah, let's just like do crazy shit. And with girls, you're like, "Oh, come on, let's go smell the flowers." And it's like it's just totally it's like a different mentality. Right. So.
1: Um. So let's start talking about the band. How does having, uh, how did, and how does having kids affect the direction and um, the direction of your life and work in the band?
2: Hmm. Well, you know, uh, years ago when all of us started having kids, we all sat around and said it really changes sort of the purpose of why we do everything you know all of a sudden it's no longer about us it's about our kids um it didn't really it didn't really change the the art you know the the, the product of the band it sort of changed why we did it but it didn't really change the band too much now that being said brett told me uh, recently, he's you all know, yeah. I learned something. I learned something a year ago. I go, what's that? He's you all, know? you know, don't write bad religion songs with an acoustic guitar in front of your baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I mean, I know, I know you don't like the re- li- the lyrics or anything, but for you, does it affect like the songwriting process? Or for I, I I'm gonna assume it is, it affects the songwriting process because you're looking for a better tomorrow or whatnot. But how about for you? You
2: know, I, I. I I know I you know I know it's you know I know what the guys are writing and we talk about it and and uh, and I think sometimes for Greg uh, you know having kids sort of allows him that that outside perspective of I remember what it was like to struggle like that you know when you're when you're when you're a kid and you just you're eighteen and you have no clue what to do and and I think Greg has written a couple of songs uh, you know from that perspective and, and we talked about it, you know, it's got to just be insanely difficult. So uh, that has happened, uh, you know, but uh, as far as writing something, uh, <laughs> sort of personal to your kid, I, I don't really think that's happened.
1: Right on. Um, what do your kids think of their rock star father?
2: Uh, or quote unquote
1: uh, rock star? I should say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Not you know. I, I've always kind of thought like there there might be a moment where their friends think it's cool, but they never thought. You know, I'm I'm the guy that says take the trash out, make your bed, right. so I'll do your homework. I'm, I'm just a dick, dad. Dad's like a dick. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, they're like oh, my dad's really cool. It's like my dad made me take the trash out last night in the snow. Yeah.
1: Are are they fans of the band, or did they rebel and go some completely different way? Uh,
2: they're. They like the band, but it's not their musical taste. My youngest son is, uh, he's really heavy into rap, and my oldest son is really heavy into, into super heavy metal. Oh. That's. So, you know, and that's fine. I'm like, you guys find your own path, and, and I've always told them music was, you know, music was generated to fill the hole in your soul. So whatever it is that you find that makes you feel good, there you go. Nice.
1: Um, I, I I watched a video of you, uh, last night and you, you had a very nice set of gray hair and I was curious, how did it, how did it, it, and like, I'm jealous because I, I, I'm only 31 and I'm finding my first gray hairs now and I can't wait to go gray. I can't wait to go silver fox because it's coming. But I'm curious though, like what, what was your reaction when you found that first gray hair?
2: Uh, nothing really. I am like, well, there's, there's that. Yeah. It's like I hit that age. Um, Here we go, yeah. I you know it's it's. I guess it just happens. I, I I I dyed my hair for a long time, just kind of you know colors and and blacks and and you know, and then I just kind of got tired of that, and so I st- and that wasn't that many years ago. I mean, well, maybe eight eight years ago or so. So I said, oh, I'm kind of over it. and I just, you know, shaved my head and let my hair go back. And that was when I really feel like, whoa, I got a lot of gray
1: hair so I was like, oh, well, whatever. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I know you've talked about, like, you, you guys did the 30 Years Tour. You've talked about it endlessly. But I got, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask some questions. Um, how does time affect the band? Like, do you guys, like, going in to make a new record after 30 years, do you go in thinking this is going to be the last record we make? Or is it, you never know, kind of ordeal?
2: Uh, that's not really a thought. When we are going to make a record, the thought is this is is going to be the best record we've ever made. Because we've all said, like, if you're not going to make the best record you've ever made, why would you make it? Right. Uh, you know, and, and as I've, I've, uh, I've been a part of records that were good, that were bad, and I've been a part of records that were actually indifferent. Um, and to make records now at this stage in our career, it's like everything, you know, there's no reason to make something that you don't think is, is the best thing you've ever made. Obviously, that's subjective. And once you've made the record and, and set it out on its own path, people could say, this record sucks and you're no good anymore, but that's not why we do it. We we go and think like, oh, this is great. Nice. Um, you know, being together for so long just gives you sort of a, a map of, of how you do things uh, I don't want to say efficiently because that, that seems too scientific how you do things um, <laughs> I can't think of the word It's uh, that's a tough cause, you know we know how we work best and we've we've learned over the years when we go in to make a record if we spend too much time we'll fuck it up because we'll, it just keeps getting worse and worse <laughs> and worse um, uh, and at the same time if we you know, we made suffer we we recorded and mixed suffer in seven days. We're never going to be able to do that again, but that's like we sort of talk about like, oh yeah, we could do that in seven we're not gonna be able to do anything in seven days. It's just not gonna happen. Um but we've we've kind of learned how to best get the the, the end result that we want, uh you know, with, with without everybody sort of just either a forgetting what they've done or, you know, you play it so many times you just kind of suck the life out of the song. So, you know, this record, Brooks had a, Brooks had a small window when he was off tour with Tenacious D. was like, oh, come on in, let's get the record, you know. And then all the guitars went on and the singing and everybody was happy and then Brent makes it and everybody was happy and I was like, okay, we're done. <laughs>
1: Well I, I was gonna say like I like that I can put on any bad religion record from any point in the uh collective and I have all week long, and that's what I've been listening to, is like all the old records. And they all like no matter what, like no matter how different they are, they all have that bad religion feel. Like you know whether you've heard it or not, like, oh, this is a bad religion album that I've just never heard or whatnot. Um, do you guys have like a formula or is it just like that's just what happens when you uh you guys get in a room together?
2: It's, it's, it's not, you know, if there, if there were a formula, which, you know, sometimes there's something that, that you can say, like, oh, that sounds like that, what sounds like that, sounds like that, but we have 235, 40 songs, so obviously some songs are going to sound like those oh, there's so many notes you can play, and obviously you're going to start repeating things. Uh, but that being said, I, I think that, that what happens with us is if you were to bring in uh, a song from any other artist, if, you know, if Brett wrote a song that was, you know, didn't write it, he just brought in David Bowie's Man Who Fell to Earth, because, you know, I've seen that Nirvana do that. Uh, if Brett brought that in, by the time we were done with it, it would sound just like that. Religion, it wouldn't sound like David Bowie at all. I'd be like, what the hell is that? It's like, oh, that's that religion. Nice. We just, tend, we just tend to beat things into a very, uh, a very, uh, uh we, we kind of strip it all down, play it sort of at a, at a reckless tempo where it almost feels like it's going to fall apart. Um, you know, and, and the guitars are just turned up and, and Greg has a very unique voice. And then Brett and I go, Ooh, <laughs> 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 and that's kind of what happens, Right.
1: Um, I I was reading uh, one of the interviews in my research. I was reading you were talking about how people don't typically like the albums when they first come out. Like somebody was asking you, "What, what do you think of the reception of the new album?" And you're like, "Eh, people don't like it right now, but you know what? In a year, they're going to come back and tell me they love that album." And that's what I found with New Maps and Descent. Is I came back this week and like they're fucking great albums, but I just missed them the first time. I apologize. Um, But like, that's okay. But what what makes your albums growers and not showers?
2: Um. Uh, maybe you know not to brag not not to brag but maybe because they're good right you know they're good i think they're, i think they're good records you know i think uh uh when when we did when, when brett left the band in 94 and we went and recorded the gray race mm-hmm. um you know i listened to that record and i said this will this will be the ultimate sleeper this Like, people won't get this maybe forever, but this might be, this is, you know, this is a really great record, The Grey Race. Uh, and, you know, it just, it just, something about that record to me was like the ultimate, ultimate sleeper. (laughs) So I'm still waiting on people to go, like, man, that's such a great
1: record. Are there great songs on it?
2: Um, there are great songs on it. I, you know, it, it's, the only reason that I say that isn't really scientific. It's probably more anger because when we recorded "Suffer," the general consensus from all of the press was, "This is the greatest record ever. You'll never top it." And we were really fucking angry, and we went and made no control, and they went, "Wow, this is the greatest record ever. You'll never top it." Well, fucking, and then we went and did it against the grain. And while we were recording against the grain, Brett almost had a nervous breakdown because he was so he was so focused on on Against the Grain being better than No Control and Suffer, that he almost wasn't paying attention to the Against the Grain record. He was like listening to No Control and Suffer going like, fuck, it has to be better, and a being everything. And then finally he just, he goes, I'm freaking out. And we all just kind of said, hey, listen, we just need to make records and not worry about whether people, you know, how people compare our material to our old material. It seems like we can't win. And that was how we started thinking that, no matter what we did, people are going to think it's not as good as this, and we just can't be caught up in that because that can really fucking destroy okay. you. Right.
1: Um, so, how does going in in recording with Joe Joe Barcel How do you say his name? I have no idea. Joe Joe, 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 Joe Yeah. How, how does that break that mold? How do you uh, why him and not like have Brett produce it yet again?
2: Well, you know, I, I think the thing is is that. Because at the end of, like, when, when, like, Brett mixed this record, which is what what was happening in the, you know, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, Brett was mixing the records and producing the records, and I think what happened with Brett was it was just one too many hats of, look, I, I'm a songwriter and a guitar player, and I really want to be involved in the songs, but I don't want to be involved in the intricate details of where the drum mic goes. You know what I mean? I don't want to get caught up in like a being uh, guitar amps all day long because that's just ugh. so bringing in someone else to like be part of that who is just totally fascinated with the pro- with the process of recording, which is Joe. Joe loves the process of recording. He, he's just a, a true studio dog, and uh, you know having that in there kind of opens Brett up to just sit and listen to the music. As it's developing and kind of have ideas about directions of the way the music should go and not be worried so much about the sound that's going to tape. That's why they have, and you know, and also to be honest, when you have a guy like Joe who's done a bajillion records, you can kind of look at him and go, what do you think of this? And, and you know, his opinion is super valid and you're like, oh, okay.
1: I, I, I'd love to hear you guys come to the blasting room. Like I, I'm in Colorado, I'd love to hear you guys come to the blasting room recording with Bill Stevenson sometime. That would be. That would be kind of awesome. That would be kind of epic too. Like, ooh, I, I can, can I imagine can see that happening. Yeah,
2: I'd like to. I actually, you know, Bill was recording with Noel just right around the corner from my house, and I went over and, and hung out with those guys for a while. He's a lot of fun. I, I'd like to work with him. I,
1: I don't know him. I've met him in passing here and there. I don't really know him, but man, that would like just listening you talk about it. I. I God, I can only imagine what would come out of that, because...
2: Well, it would, either, it would either be really great or really bad. We'd either get into a really big fight, and we'd be like, oh, man, that
1: sucks. <laughs> uh, R- Ryan from Off of Our Heads is a uh, buddy of mine, and he's like, yeah, we were recording with Bill, and Bill would yell at us a whole lot about how terrible
2: our band is. <laughs> so I can, I can only That's imagine... What, you know, we, we, Listen, we've, we've, we've had that too. We've had producers that were just kind of like looking at us going like, uh, why are you here? Like, I don't know. Wow. Thanks for making us feel good. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I, I only got the album last night at about 5 o'clock. I've only listened to it like four or five times in the times preceding it. So I don't really have a lot of questions about it. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, Jessica's really slow on sending it to me. I've been begging her for, like, two weeks to send it. And I got it last night at 5 o'clock. Um, anyway,
2: we're on a... Do we
1: know it? But I really do. Like, I, I like that Dharma in the Bomb comes out of nowhere. It has a very distinctive sound. It's it, it It's like kind of the red herring I want, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's in the middle of nowhere. It's like, boom, here's this weird little song. And, and I'm curious where that came from. Like, do, if you even have any it, idea.
2: It's probably my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Um, I remember Brett was, Brett was still writing that in the studio while we were recording. He was still, he was still kind of finishing that up. And it was something that we were all really excited about because it had that, you know, it had a sort of surf vibe to it, which is something we haven't really ever done. Um, and uh, and as he was writing it, I remember it, it. The the concept of the song changed twice. And when it finally became Dom and the Bomb," and he and Greg were sitting there talking about lyrical ideas, I was like, "This is just brilliant!" And you know, it's, it's what a two minutes long. This <laughs> 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 is the greatest thing ever. Um, I mean, I can't, you know, to. I, I don't know, other than saying, like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an odd-bad religion song. I and I shouldn't say odd, in a, it's not in a negative way. It's like, that's really, kind of, I, I like it. It's one of my favorite songs. Is it, is it
1: Greg singing it, too, or who's singing it? It's, it's actually Brett singing it. Okay, cool. Uh,
2: I, I think that what one of the things that Brett wanted, and this is, this is the kind of thing, like, this is the studio magic stuff one of the things that Brett wanted was a very California surf kind of uh, dialect, which Greg is from Wisconsin and is just not going to have, he doesn't have that, like, hey, dude, what's up, bro? <laughs> That's just not in his thing. So Brett was like, fuck, he's just, he just, he just going to sing it. So, you know, uh, you can hear it when he says, stoked to watch all creation. That was really <laughs> where he was just like, like so sure for doing it. Yeah, that's right. That's it. <laughs>
1: I I like there was some I Dream a Genie esque lyrics in there too. I think maybe. Uh,
2: yeah, there I was is. Like, man, it's is is.
1: a cool, weird little song. Um,
2: you know, and 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 really, when it when it comes right down to it, it's basically about it's it's kind of about terrorists having a dirty bomb and and India having the atomic bomb. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's a cute little song about terrorists having a little. Fucking like dirty bomb in a suitcase. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um so re- really that's all I've got about the actual album because like I say, I only listened to it a handful of times. I didn't get a good chance to do it.
2: You know there, what? That's I, I remember when I when I when uh, when we finally got the the song tracks all down and everything was done and sequencing was done, mixing was done, and I got my first copy and I called Brett and I said, I think Bomb in the Bomb uh uh into um well the next Bomb in the Bomb, and the next two songs in a row—that might be the best three minutes of Bad Religion I can remember hearing. So,
1: well, like I, I, all the two singles you guys have released so far, those both like stood. I was like, "This is a great song," and I'd go look, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's the song they released." Oh, this is a great song. This is the song they released. What's this Dharma and the Bomb thing? And it's great. And I like it. And be prepared because I'm pretty sure every interview you talk to talk about it is going to be like, "Tell me about Dharma and the Bomb." So.
2: Well maybe i they haven't you know everybody that I've been speaking to right now haven't really been talking too much about the album specifically. they've just been sort of like so, why are you guys still together oh, who, <laughs> i
1: I get why you're still together. I listen to it, and like it still does something to me, and uh yeah, you know whatever I'm not i let's stop kissing ass <laughs> uh, i I was gonna ask like there's the song some people are impossible to live with, who's impossible to live with for you. I mean, everybody, everybody, right on.
2: (laughs) Everybody at some point, me, I'm impossible to live with.
1: Um, So after all these years and all these changes in the world, like, why are people still attracted to bad religion?
2: Uh, At at this point, I will just, I will just defer to the word tenure. (laughs) I, I mean, like, I think, I think. You just put it around a lot of people like, oh, fuck, fine, we'll, we'll like you. Okay? Like they against their will. They're like, oh, you're just not going to go away, are
3: you?
1: Well, I, I, I'm i thinking more along the lines of you can give a 16-year-old kid who's disin... I, I want to say disinfected, but I think that's... Whatever, he's not with the rest of the crowd. You can give him a copy of All Ages right now, and that kid can probably get into it and sucked in, you know, and... Like, it, and it's still relevant,
2: uh, you know, I, I think that that as you know, as punk rock became, I don't want to call it mainstream, even though it 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 is. But it's you know, the word that the the word that always kind of comes to mind is that it, it's become a part of the fabric of society. It's no longer a fringe uh, art. You know, it it is just something that people don't. Year and it's you know certainly never what it was what it started out as <laughs> uh, and maybe we're just a part of that fabric right now and as long as we keep making records and going on tours and, and you know kind of speaking our mind and, and having a good time doing it then we'll be a part of that fabric and you know you you always wonder when it when it all ends you know how long will it be before you just vanish. You know, this is, to me, in my life, and and watching, you know, 10- and 12-year-olds, just, you know, the big question mark comes over their head when you say, oh, you know, the Beatles. And they just go, I've never heard of that." And so you wonder, like, well, how long, you know, how long afterwards will it be before people go, yeah, I don't know who that is?
1: (laughs) Well, fair enough. Um, so when you step out in front of a crowd of, I, I'm going to assume like last time you guys came through Denver, you played the Fillmore, which is like three to 5,000 people. And I can imagine only like traveling the world. How often do you go out on that stage and you're like, holy shit, and have to pinch yourself? Do you still have to pinch yourself or is it just part of the job nowadays?
2: Uh, no, I, I always get nervous and I always get, uh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Okay. No, no worries. Okay. Oh, sorry, that was the next interview calling from Europe.
1: Oh, okay, um, well, uh, we'll, we'll hurry up.
2: No, no, I'll, I'll finish this question. Uh, um, Michael, I just said five minutes and then he'll call back. Um you know, I, I'm always, I'm always nervous. I'm always humbled. Um, you know, I can I walk out and I just look at people having fun and singing the songs. I'm like, I can't believe they know the lyrics. <laughs> uh, you know, and, it's just always something where, where how I, I remember the first show we played, um, with we, we were opening for Social Distortion, and we had, I don't know, eight, six or eight songs, and we played them, and people were dancing, and you know, they weren't singing the songs, so they didn't even know them, but they were dancing, and, and we finished, and we said, well, that's all we have, and they, they went, play them again, play them again, like, what? So we played the same six songs again, and I was like, that was really cool and that's sort of how it started. So I will, you know, every time I go on, on stage, I'm like this is just the, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah.
1: Uh one last one. This this is like the end question. Um, and get prepared to a- answer this all day. What is your true north?
2: Um so right now, my true north is actually paddling out on a surfboard. Nice. Yeah, I you know even if there's you know if the waves aren't that great, I could just paddle out and be sitting in the water and pelicans and a pod of dolphins come by and I'm just like this is just this I'm I'm I feel at peace and at one with.
1: All right, cool, man. Well, Jay, th- th- thank you for taking your time and talking to me. Like uh, honestly, like I, oh. I I mean everything I say. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And like sixteen year old me, I'm thirty one now, but sixteen year old me is just like. Inside, so it's it's fantastic, and thank you for everything. Um, I do a
2: we'll, we'll, we'll see when, we'll see when we come through Denver on. Tour. Yeah, yeah.
1: I do a podcast, so I'll be I'll be bugging you and Jessica I'd like to do an interview there too. So maybe if we can, if not, no big deal. But uh, have fun. Uh, Excellent. I'd love yeah, to. Hope, hopefully, the rest of your day isn't uh, too. Terrible <laughs> or whatever. I, I know how interviews. I, I I try to end. I try to ask things that nobody else is going to ask because I know how it goes.
2: That was a great interview. Well, that, was, that was a great interview. I can tell you, thank, well, thank
1: you. you very much, man. Have a good day. Thanks a lot. Okay, we'll see you in the See man.
0: All right, buddies. Well, thank you for tuning in this week. And a special thanks to Mr. Jay Bentley for talking with me the day the world was supposed to end, according to the mind calendar. I'm very thankful the world didn't end, but if it had, I would have died a very happy boy. I mean, holy shit. I get to talk to one of my heroes about some of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, Very, 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 very special thanks to Miss Lisa Root. Uh, Lisa, of course, is the former editor of Ant Magazine. She's the owner of New Noise Magazine. She emailed me. She wanted me to do this. She, you know, she had it in her head that I would knock it out of the park, and I, I hopefully I succeeded in doing that for her. A wonderful person who took a lot of um, – who took a chance with me writing for AMP and doing these things, and um, hopefully it's paid off. She told me personally that my piece in New Noise Magazine number one with Off of Our Heads was her favorite of the new first issue, so – pretty stoked on that new noise magazine number one should be out there in your favorite record store soon visit new noise com to uh, find out more information and special thanks to our uh, special thanks to our uh, sponsors at denver comic-con i can't believe denver comic-con sponsoring the show friends denver comic-con may 31st through june 2nd at denver convention center again stanley george Takai, will wheaton felicia day noah van skyver neil adams joe kelly jamie collis I know I said Matt Wagner, we're going to say it again. But please visit denvercomiccon.com. Like them on Facebook. Find out, buy tickets now because this thing is going to be huge. And uh, if this is your first time hearing about Denver Comic Con, please go tell them you heard about it from me. Uh, again, and then while you're uh, while you're on Facebook go ahead and head over to mosahamaspodcast.com and click like on our Facebook page. And then if you're listening to this in iTunes, please leave us a review. I got a really, really funnily bad review the other day on our iTunes account. I love it to death. I think it's funny as hell, and I'm a good sport. So um, please leave more reviews. I mean, uh, let's make them honest. I like the bad reviews, but you know, the better the reviews, the more and more chances we have of going like, look, epitaph PR people. Our show is worth a damn. People are out there. People love it. People are listening. And it can give me more backstage access and passes into interviewing people like Jay Bentley in person, on the road, yada, yada, yada. Thank you again for all your support, friends. Uh, We're going to go ahead and end this episode right now. Um, We're going to end this with the title track off Bad Religion's new album, True North. Again, if you're in Colorado area, make sure you check them out April 10th at the Fillmore Theater. Fillmore yeah Fillmore Theater with Polar Bear Club in the Bronx sadly against me he's not there but hey shit happens Uh, we're going to end this again we're going to end this with True North off the album True North this is True North thanks again buddies